Welcome to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Deerwood Performance, Albuquerque Driveway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Your host, David Swope, will be talking about events happening around the state and on the national scene. Whether it's got two wheels or four wheels, pavement and off-road racing, or park and shine, if you are into it, we are into it. Now, here is your host, David Swope. Good morning and Saturday morning. That means it's time for the New Mexico Motorsports Report. I'm your host, David Swope, and we'll be talking about automotive and related motorsports activities around the state and on the national scene, whether it has two wheels or four Asphalt or dirt track racing, off-road or park and shine, we'll be talking about it. Is New Mexico's only show devoted to motorsports-related activities with a full hour here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Uh, and in the studio today, we got uh, Spencer Hill, man. It, it's been a little while since you've been in the studio. How you doing, man? I know. It has been a little bit, hasn't it? It's, uh, it's a good day. Another race day for me. I know, shocking here. Right. But it's a little bit different because we're celebrating a very special man this evening over at Sandia Speedway. Uh, the Truman West Memorial Race celebrating the kids' night is tonight. And I know we have a lot of content on that coming up. So uh, I, I won't give too much away yet, Dave. But, yeah, it's been good, man. Just super busy. Uh, racing's been good. Picked up a big win a couple weeks ago in Aztec. And uh, last week went down to the river in Arizona. Tried to kick back and relax a little bit. I'm not a great relaxer, but, you know, I, I tried my best. We had a good time. I uh, I gave a phone away to the river, but other than that, it was a, it was a pretty good weekend. I was going to say that looks like a brand new one in your hand. Yeah. So either either the racing's going good or there was a tragedy, right? Yeah, a, a little bit of both, but mainly a tragedy with a, a phone going to the river. But get this, a scuba diver found it. Wow. And, and sent my old one back. Of course, I'd already went through all the insurance stuff, so right. that's going to get tricky. Um, and if you are from the insurance company... No, I didn't. So, <laughs> but yeah. all's good now, and uh, I have my what my dad calls a crack box back in my hand. Well, there you go. Um, I, I know we do spend a lot of time on it, but I can I can as a resource though it's still great. Oh yeah. Because uh, I was just thinking about something I wanted to look it up. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you mentioned uh, Truman West. We could be talking a little bit about him, but uh, um, last night, uh, bare knuckle fighting. Um, and uh, I've, already, I've already heard some Truman stories about fighting, so it almost <laughs> seems appropriate that that was a, a, a prelim to the memorial, but I uh, appreciate you have, having you in this morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. Feels good to be back in the studio. We are missing RJ, though. I'm hoping he's yeah. having a good time on vacation right now. Well, I mean, his vacation is now extended to actually he's going to uh, head out to uh, Pittsburgh uh, and gonna be going to uh, some football practices there as they get ready for the season. So some neat stuff because his show's coming back, um, his Sunday morning show's coming back in a couple of weeks. Um, and so look forward to uh, getting a report on that. Of course, Dan's all suited up today, too, man. He's got all his ESPN stuff I know. On. He's looking sharp. Yeah, he's looking good. So uh, how's things been uh, going in the – I think baseball is still going, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's – you know, we're in the dog days of summer for baseball, <laughs> but still going strong. Royals are playing meaningless baseball, but it's exciting. I love it. Absolutely. Well, there Sounds you go. Exciting. Hey, I think I think I think we said enough um, uh, in regards to that. I mean, uh, football is getting ready to get going though, and um, uh, a lot of a lot of fun stuff going on out there. But let's let's jump, go ahead and jump into the uh, the La Tigers event calendar because I mean, RJ still does his work even when he doesn't show up. So hey, why don't we why don't we start by talking about some some car shows? We can get to the uh, um, the other events uh, l- a little later in the show, but let's knock out some car shows. Uh, including today, we've got the uh, School Supply uh, Drive Car Show uh, in West Las Vegas. So those of you that are out there, you want to check that out, 10 to 3, uh, 12 ca- 
categories, 20, uh, $20 entry, and all proceeds will be donated to uh, the West Las Vegas High School. You also got the Wells Park Cruise at 6 p.m. tonight. That's uh, 4th Street Mountain, um, and you get a cruise uh, towards I-40. Uh, looks like uh, you can uh, cruise out uh, to Dexter, New Mexico, and participate in a cornhole tournament as a part of the third annual Lake Van Expo and Car Show. 12 categories, best overall car and truck with $1,000 cash. $1,000 cash prize. Check that out, 10 to 5. Uh, also a dog show from 11 to 3. I'm telling you, they are picking up their game out there because that that sounds a lot like spectacular. You're starting to get into I know, that's pretty good. That's good to hear. And that's not far. I mean, spectacular is really it, not that far. We just started talking about it. Um, and uh, we're going to have to get on it, um, in, in, including we're trying to come up with a new uh, a new way of voting for car shows because I know that that gets very controversial. There's an article coming out um, in a future New Mexico Motorsports Report magazine from Reggie Tibbetts actually talking about how this judging and stuff goes, uh, but we're uh, uh, definitely interested in coming up with a way that with a QR code that everybody that comes out will have a vote, will have a say. So it's going to be something different. Um, our buddy uh, uh, Andres Trujillo is trying to figure that out for us. Well, we so. do have something up our sleeve, though. Yep. And it does involve technology. So I, right. not to freak out the whole car show community, but right. we, you might have to bring your phones to the next car show that we Oh, do. don't they? What did you call that? The crack? You know. The, yeah. And I said my dad calls it that. My mom actually coined the phrase crack box because me and my dad were always on it growing oh, up. Oh, so it was, there was a shot at your dad, too, yeah. on that one. Okay. Well, it's always good when it's not just you know the younger generation, right? I mean, everybody, uh, everybody really. Everybody has a phone now, and if not, don't worry, we will compromise. (laughs) We'll work it out. Absolutely. So, but mark your calendars. I mean, we've got this is the most stuff I've seen on a Sunday in a while. So you've got uh, the rail yards, old school days with classic cars, bikes, and lowriders, ten to two, Uh, speed sharks, off road, and coffee is up at Rust's Gold. Um, from 9 a.m. to noon, first come, first serve. And I tell you, it's going to be quite a turnout. I saw that uh, uh, Drew's involved with that, and we all know how extensive his list is. Oh, yeah. I stopped by there yesterday, actually. The new New Mexico Motorsports Report magazine is out. Um, it uh, it actually kind of hit uh, Rio Rancho first. I mean, other than Yearwood's got it, and, of course, Russ's goal. But uh, it's pretty much seems like the West Side um, got him first this time. Uh, but you can you can definitely pick that up there. Uh, but they're going to be going on um, in the morning, uh, and uh, I, I was talking with the guys there, and they were trying to figure out where they were going to park everybody. So you probably want to get there early, which then allows you some time to uh, go over to the Indian Motorcycle um, Sunday Rally uh, at 11 a.m. They're going to uh, ride over to uh, Sunday Service uh, Motor Company, enjoy live music, food, giveaways, and raffles. And, of course... I'm going to be um, involved with the uh, New Mexico Council of Car Clubs. The All Clubs Picnic um, is going to be going out at uh, Oak, Yucca, and Locust Grove Picnic Sites in Tijeras, which is kind of cool because it's a cruise out, and then you can hang out um, and you can enjoy lunch. Uh, the Well, you got to bring your own lunch. We're not going to provide you lunch, but meet at 9 o'clock at the uh, Smiths at uh, Central and Tramway, mm-hmm. um, and Sue's going to be there. So we all know Sue. Sue Reisman's going to be there. So she'll uh, she'll lead the parade, and everybody will be able to drive out to the uh, the picnic uh, picnic area um, in the Cibola, Cibola National Forest. Now, there's supposed to be like a 30% chance of rain, 
But I think that we You're would not all supposed to say that word. No, Dave. no, but it's Sunday. I didn't. Okay, I didn't say okay. it in regards to tonight. Well, that's I, even worse it, for okay. me. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, but so so for Sunday. Um, but I think we all would would like a little bit of precipitation. Not at, after festivities. Yeah. At I mean, not that that what three inches in like forty five minutes that we had in the middle of the week, and oh, that was oh, all because God didn't want the magazine to come out. It had to have been. Because remember, because it was like we were going to put it in the back of my truck, and then all of a sudden it just like poured. Well, it almost broke I forty. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Well, it did it did break part of it? Yeah. Apparently, you know, um, I didn't know such a thing could happen. And then my dad in the North Valley, he didn't even get rain. He I know. said he said it didn't rain. Such a New Mexico thing. I was like, it's it's ridiculous. But the New Mexico Council of Car Clubs, the All Club Picnic, it's free, so you can bring your family. You can drive out with your collector car for just a relaxing day. So uh, the club has already, you know, paid the the fee. Um, there's bathrooms. Um, I, I don't know if you can grill or not because I don't know what the fire ruling is. Probably shouldn't. So just bring a sandwich and a and a cooler and just and hang out. So uh, you don't actually have to be in a car club to do this. If you want to come out by yourself um, and just you know just roll out and bring a picnic lunch, uh, just come out and join us. But if you if you want any more information um, on that, you can go to uh, to the website, New Mexico, uh, New Mexico Council of Car Clubs. Just uh, Google M N M C C C, and it'll get you to the website and you get all the information. All right, as as Spencer said, we got a whole lot more coming up um, about the Truman West Memorial on the other side. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio one zero one seven. The team. ESPN Radio one zero one seven. The team with David Swope. The fastest radio host in the West. This is Errol Walker, three-time NASCAR champion. And you're listening to David Swope on the New Mexico Motorsports Report on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. Welcome back to the show, everybody. And as you might know, tonight is a very special event over at Sandia Speedway. The Truman West Celebrating the Kids Night. Uh, This is the first event of its kind. I know that a lot of people have been working very hard. And it's all about the celebration of a great man uh, that I am lucky enough to have called a very close friend and team owner throughout the years. Truman West unfortunately lost his life a few years ago after a strong battle with cancer, but his legacy lives on forever. And I thought that this would be a great opportunity to throw back to a very special interview that I was able to do with him in 2018 when we still had the TV show. So let's go to that. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report. I'm Spencer Hill, and now I'd like to bring in someone very special to me, founder of SEH Motorsports, excuse me, Truman West. Truman, how are you doing today? Fine. How are you, Spencer? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. I've been wanting to get you on for a long time. Of course, me and you go back a couple of years now, and uh, I just, I, I got to know, 45 years plus in the sport, what started this whole thing? Well, for me... Uh, my family was in the automotive business down on West Central for a long time. 
And one night my dad came home from work and said that he was going to the races, wanted to know if I wanted to go. And I had an opportunity to go to the movie with my mom, so I opted not to go to the movie and went to the races with my dad. And he had a guy that he knew named Wes Etheridge with an old flathead Ford. And I went out there and I've been hooked ever since. And then uh, eventually my dad did work his way up to where he went around the country a little bit with Bobby Unser. And that's what really got me hooked on sprint cars. I mean, that, that, there was nothing like that. That was back when it was raw. So it was great, a great thing to see. I saw a lot of people race. I saw a lot of people that I wouldn't have ordinarily got to see. I mean, it's a great thing. So mm -hmm. Now, early in your career, you got to meet somebody by the name of Wayne Rue. Very special friend of you. How did that friendship start? Well, uh, me and Wayne were in the Marine Corps Reserve together, ironically, and, and uh, I had got involved in racing. I was helping Richie Barnes a little bit, Shock at Hindi a little bit, and then I decided I wanted to race and I had no help other than my dad, so I asked Wayne if he would help me and pretty much he's been there ever since. I mean, we, we took some time away from each other for a while. He went and helped Joe and Johnny Herrera for a while and, and uh, went and did some other things, but pr pretty much we've been together ever since and he's still with me today. So A lot of stories oh, to be man. told between oh, you two, man. I'm sure, so, from so the I beginning to end. So. So, I also got to know, of course, I'm pretty young, 20 years old right now, what were the cars like back when you were first getting started, back in the early 70s? Well, we've talked about that a lot, and, and nowadays the kids that show up, they all want new shiny stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. But back in them days, when Bobby went to get a ride, when Al went to get a ride, when Parnelli Jones went to get a ride, they went to the racetrack and they got in the first box they could get in. I mean, they weren't great cars, they were beat up cars because they were just struggling trying to get a ride. But at, at, back in that day, uh, a bladder wasn't mandatory. In fact, that car that you're seeing there had a plastic fuel cell in it. Uh, the, the seat belts were old uh, military surplus stuff that you bought at German Surplus Barn. Uh, the first cars I ever saw, the guys didn't have seat belts. They raced with a thing called a Sam Brown belt, which just went around your shoulder and hooked to the side mm -hmm. of the car here. But uh, I, I've been in the racing community here when they uh, voted in bladders, they voted in uh, fire suits, they voted in, I mean, there's... And now Hans devices, yeah, Hans mandatory devices, in I mean, series. And I fully believe in the safety stuff. Everything you can do to make yourself safe, you're a lot better off in today's world. Because, I mean, it's, it, things can happen bad. Bad, bad, bad. So. Of all those safety innovations, which do you think was the most necessary? I, I believe the fuel cell and bladder were, and, and I, I still today think that that's a big part of it because uh, them cars carry 28 to 30 gallons of fuel. Mm -hmm. And the flashpoint on alcohol is pretty high, so it, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's a great innovation. That and the fire suit. I mean, fire fire is horrible. I mean, it 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 yes. it's not does it scar you for life, but it ruins your life. So it just blows my mind to think that back in the day, I mean, people are going around racing in t-shirts like this and bandanas around their mouths just I, to cover up all the dust. That back in the day, there was a, what the out on West Central there was a place called the Route 66 Drive-In Theater and they ran three-quarter midgets there and I'll never forget there was a guy that was the, the top dog out there named Oki Cahill and he raced and when he raced he smoked he smoked the whole time he was racing I thought that was wow yeah, I mean that blows my mind <laughs> I don't know how you keep a cigarette lit but he did <laughs> and here we have a couple pictures there was a point in your life where you switched your role from a driver to an owner what was that like 
well, it was a pretty easy transition because I got to be honest with you, I wasn't much of a driver anyway. I was I was the guy that had two speeds, stop and go, and uh, that you know that sometimes you got to use a little finesse. Sometimes you got to slow down and go faster. But it it was the same kind of charge, especially because my brother did a really good job when he got in the car. I mean, he had he had talent. He had raced bicycles and stuff like that, so mm -hmm. he he knew what it was like. And and we didn't get right start running up in the front right away but eventually we did and that was fun i mean we've we finished second in a couple championships we finished second to johnny herrera at hollywood hills i mean it you know a when big you name by yeah, the way oh yeah, yeah when you get when you get up there and you run with a big dog it, it's a charge and that particular race right there that's the floyd reynolds race which at the at the time was one of the biggest races in the state of new mexico and i am mm -hmm. very very proud to say that we were able to win it so that's that's a that's a feather in my cap and here we have another picture a little bit later on, and this is the Mansfield brothers, right? Yes, well, whenever, whenever Tim decided he wanted to go do something else, I was kind of in a situation of, what do I do? And I knew the Mansfield brothers from the quarter midget track and from the mini sprint track, so uh, we gave, we gave uh, Austin a chance, and then another car opened up and we gave Cody a chance. And, and that, that was fun. Those, those, those boys are pretty talented boys. I mean, we had a lot of fun with them. So. And you bring up a good point there. There's a lot of people that you had the opportunity to introduce into the sport of sprint car racing. And one of the one things that you always told me that was so special to you was being able to see the smile on a kid's face the first time that they turned laps in a sprint car. Can you describe what that's like to others? Well, I don't, I don't know if I can describe it to anybody's uh, uh, liking, but I will tell you, it's something that you will never, ever, ever forget. I mean, as you know, I, I don't know if people know, but Spencer drove for me for a while, mm -hmm. and the look on his face was, uh, I, I guess, like a kid at Christmas. I mean, it's just, uh, there's, there's nothing like it, and, and it's such a charge for me to give these kids a chance that wouldn't ordinarily get a chance, because I know when I was young, that's all I wanted to do was race. I asked Al Unser Sr., I said, how do you get to be a race car driver? And he says, you just got to be around it, you just got to be around it. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate that I was able to give some kids a chance, because it's, it, it's, a, it's a charge for me. I mean, I do it for them, but I do mm -hmm. it for me too. So. And I, though, I know that was one of the most special things in the world to me. I, I still remember that very vividly to this day, first laps that I got to turn in a sprint car. And likely that would not have came without you, Truman. So I appreciate what you do for kids and really just for the sport in general. One of the number one people to give back to the sport, and that's so special. Well, that... The what keeps racing going is people giving back. There's there's sponsors in this town that help. Uh, that, there's there's uh, people in this town that kids couldn't do it without their help. So uh, you know it, it. And it's a shame that this town, the size of Albuquerque, we don't have some of the greatest racing in the country. But it's just the nature of the beast. It never has really been good. I mean, back in the early early days, they they packed the the grandstands, but there was nothing else to do. I mean, that, mm -hmm. there was maybe a movie to go see or maybe a restaurant to go to. But now now, the promoters and the people that run the tracks are competing for that that usable dollar or mm -hmm. disposable dollar, I guess as they call it, because there's a lot out there now. There's a, there's a lot to do. So yeah, things have definitely changed in yeah, the last yeah. couple of oh, years. Yeah. I've seen it even in my lifetime. Uh, kids nowadays. You know, going outside less and less, playing more video games versus actually going outside and, you know, playing football, baseball, all those sports to get your kid into, I feel like are hurting a little bit. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Uh, if we can maybe come back to that a little bit and get more kids involved in racing, bring back the goat carts, the quarter midgets, those true entry level sports like that, 
I think that would be huge for everybody, and obviously that's going to feed the sport as we move on. Well, the, the problem we have nowadays is the only, the only comparison that kids have nowadays to anything race car-wise is the NASCAR deal, and even those cars are not like the car you can buy on the street. So, mm -hmm. I mean, most of these kids are into them little four-banger cars and stuff like that. So, I mean, the, the, the racing community needs help, needs something, and I'm going to do everything I can to be part of that help. So, that, that's... Uh, uh, there's, there's worse things you can do in life besides race, I'll guarantee you. Oh, that's for sure. And another thing I want to bring up is how much family means to you. I know that family is very dear to your heart, and I just wanted to see what it means to you to be able to share this huge chapter in your life with people like your wife Pat, the girls, and now your grandchildren. Well, the, 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 the name, SEH Motorsports, uh, it came because I have two granddaughters, and one is Sky Emerald Tanner, which mm -hmm. she was Harris, and Sydney Elaine Hamlin. And Sydney was a little bitty thing, and she said to me, she says, Sky has the same numbers I have, and I couldn't figure out what she was talking about. But she was talking about the SEH. Mm -hmm. So that's how the SEH came to be. And then, of course, we've decided we should name it XYZ Motorsports because my oldest daughter had two more kids. So if you keep it, but that's, that's how it came. And... I would not race if it wasn't for my family. I don't know how people go to the racetrack and their family don't go with them. I, you know, and, and I will tell you, raising your kids at the racetrack, raising your grandkids at the racetrack, everybody's your babysitter. Everybody knows what your kids are doing. I knew things my kids did before they did. So <laughs> it's, a, it, you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful fraternity, wonderful community. It is for sure. At the end of the day, Truman, how would you like people to remember Truman West and the legacy that you've left on the sport? Well, you know, I, I go out of my way to try to make sure that I, I pay people that I owe, that I thank people that help me, and I hope when my life is over with that, that they all stand there and say he was a pretty good old boy. I mean, if, if there's one person in this world that he's a sorry, no good son of a gun, I, I think I'll feel that, and I, and I hope that that doesn't happen. But I, you just gotta, you just gotta take life as it comes, give back, and I try to do everything I can to be a better guy tomorrow than I was yesterday. So that that's the way I live my life, and that's how I want to be remembered. And I think a lot of people can learn a lot from what you just said right there. I know there's so many people that have helped you along the way, but is there a couple core people that are close to you that you'd like to thank? Well, the, the, the guy that really got me started and stepped up into the, the better cars and stuff was my cousin at Southwest Abatement. He, he got behind me in my racing program, and I could count on him every year to write me a check. Things got a little tough from him because of the asbestos business and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He had to back off some, but he helped me get going. And of course, my wife and my dad and my mom and, and uh, Wayne... Uh, Dave Burns in Santa Fe. I mean, there's a lot of people. Uh, Jim Guthrie has, I mean, every kid that's driven my car has showed up with something that Jim Guthrie gave them. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that, that, that is awesome. That is very, very awesome. He don't, he don't have to do that. So. No, and that's yeah. very important to have people like that still involved with racing. But I, it's, it's, there, there's so many people out there that... I, I would be pinched to thank them all, but I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to work with Butch Capo, Shockett Hindi, Richie Barnes, uh, I worked a, a little with the Unser family, uh, it, it, it just, I, I've seen a lot and I've done a lot, and, and uh, 
I've seen I've seen motorsports when it was raw. I mean, mm-hmm. when it, when them cars were dangerous, they were swing sets, and but I didn't care. You were you were the you were the entertainment. You were the daredevil. You were the mm-hmm. barnstormer. And, and people, you see how dangerous that car was? I don't matter. But you know, it's it's changed. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank God it's changed. So. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us thank today you so on the much show, for having Truman. Me. Thanks for doing this show. This and thank awesome. you for all that you've done for me and boosting my career. Uh, I can't even begin to tell people how much it means to me. Well, I, I got to tell a story about Spencer. Spencer, we, I've known Spencer a while, and we've always talked about him driving for me. And I let him drive for me the one time. We go to El Paso, start dead last, and he runs third. And I mean, that... That is one of my biggest highlights in my racing career because Spencer had never been in a race car, a sprint car, and a lot of people didn't even know who he was. And I want to thank you very much for giving me that memory. Thank you, Truman. If you'd like to know more about SEH Motorsports, you can log on to Facebook and like their page at SEH Motorsports, S-E-H-M-O-T-O-R. S-P-O-R-T-S. <laughs> You're watching the New Mexico Motorsports Report, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Al Unser, four-time winner of the Indy 500. You've been listening to David Slope of the New Mexico Motorsport Report on ESPN Radio 1017, The Team. This is Kyle Larson, driving the number five EL1 Camaro for Hendrick Motorsports. You're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Slope on ESPN Radio 1017, The Team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Gearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. And as we were talking about uh, after listening to that very special uh, interview from 2018. Tonight is all about celebrating the legacy and life of Truman West with the Celebrating the Kids Night over at Sandia Speedway this evening. Pits are going to open up at 3 p.m. Gates open at 5. Racing starts at 6.30 p.m. And it is featuring the NMMRA 360 non-wing sprint cars, wing mini sprints, USRA modifieds, B-mods, and cruisers. And, of course, this is all sponsored by SEH Motorsports. And who better to talk a little bit more about that than Sydney Hamblin of SEH Motorsports. I know it's a little early out there in California this morning, but how are you doing, Sydney? Good. It is a little early. It's a little cold up here in Sacramento right now, but definitely ready to get back to Albuquerque. I'm sure. So, first and foremost, I, I do want to talk quickly about why you're in California, but you are about to catch a plane over here, correct? I am. I leave it. Uh, I think I board at nine ten. Okay, so, perfect. Get ready to come home. And, and you're over there. You're you're house sitting so that another person could go to probably a place where you'd really like to be right now, the Knoxville Nationals. I'm like she's actually on a cruise, but the rest of her family is at the oh, Knoxville okay. Nationals. Um, okay, I'm I got that part for, confused. For Johnny Herrera's sister Jody. Gotcha. Big part of the racing community, uh, and that all ties in great to tonight's huge race over at Sandia Speedway. Uh, and, and this is all about celebrating the kids tonight, Sydney. One of the things that your papa was so crucial about was making sure 
that he was 100% about the children and the youth of the sport. He was always one of the first people to throw a kid in the sprint car. Uh, as is well documented, he's had a lot of rookies get in his cars. Uh, he's introduced many, many kids into the sport. Uh, can you just kind of talk about how that all started and how your relationship uh, with him was throughout the years and how you fell in love with racing as well? I didn't really have a choice in the fall in love with racing aspect. Of course, I love it. But I went to my first race at three days old out at Duke City. Um, was born on a Wednesday, and that Saturday, my mom convinced my dad to drive to the racetrack so she couldn't, you know, she didn't want to miss the race. So I didn't really, I don't know any different than loving racing. Um, and it was kind of the same for my grandpa. At a young age, he got the opportunity to go out and help his dad, who helped the Unters. So he fell in love with it as a kid, and it, it kind of just spurred from that. But, um, you know, we were at the, the track one day, and we had gotten close to the Mansfield family over the years through quarter midget racing. And um, it kind of, you know, evolved, and we got tornadoed out, out at Hollywood Hills one time. And my grandpa literally was like, go get Cody. Like, let's have him start the sprint car. <laughs> and so I went over and grabbed Cody Mansfield, and I was like, go get in the sprint car. And it, it kind of spiraled from there. We went from one car to two cars. And then when my uncle Tim decided to quit racing for us, we put uh, Cody's brother Austin in the car and kept two cars. And then it kind of just, you know, throughout the years, Cody bought his own car. Austin got his own car. So we put another rookie in the car. We've had Michael Finelli, Joshua Jackson, Dylan Tanner. Um, you have been in our car for years now. Um, so it really was just kind of a, a thing where my grandpa would see these kids and see them up and coming. And he'd go like, you know, if I don't give these kids a chance, they might never get one. And so we, we kind of just went on a, a tour of putting rookies in the car. And then we, we found our fit with you and stuck with you. And I can't thank you enough for continuing to stick with me. It means the world to me. And I agree with you. I, I'm not sure I would have gotten that opportunity um, without Truman, you know, recognizing my talent behind the wheel of a micro and, and just offering me up a ride like that. Very rare nowadays, and, and that's something I can't stress enough, is how unique it is for talent to be shown and to give a rookie a chance. And that's really what Truman was all about. He 100% about giving rookies that opportunity to get on track, even if that was their only opportunity to ever get behind the wheel of a sprint car. He wanted to make that impression. And I know that comes with a lot of Difficult situations, a lot of heartache, and, and just a lot of learning opportunity for both drivers and the teams. Um, but th there's something beautiful, too, I think, about working with a rookie and developing their career at such a young age in their racing career. What are some of the positives that you think came out of working with rookies throughout basically every single year as a team after Tim left SCH Motorsports? You know, I think it really developed a bit developed us as a team in having to work with different driving styles and actually teach these drivers how to do things, which I've even realized more so since he passed on how much I thought I knew, but I didn't really know. Um, but, but we had to, my, my uncle Tim, when he drove for us, he would come and he would work on the car and he knew what he was doing. And, you know, he would just do things that you wouldn't even think about when it came to maintenance in the car or the setup on the car and so when we transferred into putting rookies in the car, we really had to, like, step back and look at, okay, like, we need to teach you how to do all these things because you don't already know them. Mm -hmm. And 
so I, I think it really developed us as a team as far as the learning aspect of it where we weren't just a, an already developed team. We weren't the, the Donnie Shots team anymore. We were the, the Chase Randall team coming into it where we don't really know what we're going into, but we're going to figure it out. And so I really think that that brought us closer as a family too because it, it really brought it back to we all have to work together to get this to function. And it also brought us closer to our drivers and their families. You know, we, we still consider all of our drivers family family today. And I think that that was really important and really special to my grandpa when he was choosing these rookies, that it wasn't just the driver, it was their family as well. Hey, Sydney, this is uh, Dave here. Um, uh, and your passion has gone beyond, you know, just your own team, but actually uh, going to professional races, uh, getting into photography, doing some writing and stuff for the New Mexico Motorsports Report magazine, which um, we uh, we appreciate. Uh, but I think that also brings your special, unique upbringing, also gives you a way um, to take that photography to a next level because you, you kind of can anticipate where to be on the track, the special places. You already, I mean, know all these drivers, um, uh, including I'm very excited um, at uh, the article that you're working on uh, coming up in the next edition. So I'm looking forward to uh, um, seeing that as well. But um, talk a little bit about kind of the community outside the community because I, I don't know how many how many Chili Bowls you've been to. Um, I think this year is 10 or 11 coming up in January. Um, and then obviously I've got a couple big shows coming up too. We're going to the Four Crown, me and my mom. Um, but it, it truly is just, you know, a big family and especially like our Chili Bowl family. Like they, we sat in the same section ever since me and my mom started making it a girl's trip for us at Chili Bowl. And the, the people around us, you know, it's, it's funny. You see them for seven days out of an entire year. And, you know, we've just cultivated these friendships with these people where we, you know, are friends on social media and we check in on each other and we wish each other happy birthday. And I'm probably closer to the people at Chili Bowl that we see, you know, those seven days a year than I am to most people in Albuquerque, if I'm being completely honest. Well, it's kind of, and, like, it's kind of like a family reunion, right? I mean, you, oh, yeah. you get together, it's very intense, and then and then you leave, you know, versus, like like you said, locally, um, you, you got to see those people every week. And sometimes you take that for granted. So it's nice to be able to be in that place. Um, really appreciate you coming on this morning. Um, and uh, we're going to have uh, Spencer give all the particulars um, for this evening. But is there anything that uh, maybe you want to uh, specifically invite people to come out and see tonight? Well, you know, um, we as a team have put together some goodie bags for the kids. We're going to have the car out. They can come sit in the car. You know, we've always wanted that big family aspect of everybody's family. So we invite everybody out to come join the family and hang out with us as we celebrate my grandpa's life and hopefully get some more kids involved in racing. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for coming on this morning. Hey, Spencer, give us those particulars again. Yeah, thank you so much, Sydney. Of course, that was Sydney Hamlin with SEH Motorsports talking about tonight's big race over at Sandia Speedway. Truman West celebrating the kids' night. Pits open at 3 p.m., gates open at 5, racing starts at 6.30 p.m. with the NMMRA 360 non-wing sprint cars, wing mini sprints, USRA modifieds, B-mods, and cruisers. And this is all about the kids, Dave. Face painting, balloon animals, from Giggles the Clown. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know. Careful with that one. But, no, it really is. It's going to be awesome. Snow cones are going to be there uh, provided by Kona Ice. Goodie bags, uh, like you, like Sydney just said, 
we as a team have made some goodie bags. The track has made some goodie bags. Uh, it, a lot of candy to be given out for the kids uh, while supplies last, of course. Arrive and drive quarter midgets, too. This is the fun part. What? $10 for 10 laps to get your kid behind the wheel of an actual quarter midget tonight. How about that? You can't, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. You can't even go to the local how, indoor go-kart track. How that. big can you be to get in one of those quarter midgets? So I believe... <laughs> I'm, do not, not quote me. me on this, but I believe the age is 15 or under. Oh, okay. But again, $10 for 10 laps to get behind the wheel of a quarter midget. Wow. Uh, and all safety equipment is provided. I, I don't know exactly who provided that safety equipment or who provided the quarter midgets, but huge thank you. That is so important. And one of the few things that, you know, I really miss because back in the day, I remember, I think the quarter midget club used to set up at the mall and do Absolutely. something similar to that to let kids get behind the wheel and yep. fall in love with the sport like I have, too. But all that and more information on Sandia Speedway's uh, website, www.sukacircuit.com slash Sandia Speedway, or you can go on to Facebook, at Race Sandia. And you know what? Just please come out. Bring the kids tonight. I promise it's going to be a fun night celebrating a very, very special man. Well, we got a whole bunch more to talk about on the other side. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio, 101.7, the team. Logano is a two-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. Hey, Albuquerque, this is Joey Logano, driver of number 22, Shell Penzel Ford, and you're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio, Albuquerque, 1017, the team. Hey, Albuquerque, this is Denny Hamlin of the number 11 FedEx Express Toyota with Joe Gibbs Racing. You are listening to New Mexico Motorsports Report on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Um, and love the conversations. I mean, uh, a lot of us, you know, didn't have a choice. You know, I mean, uh, we went to the racetrack. The interesting thing is uh, preferences uh, that would happen within uh, racing families. My uh, uh, my family was always on the road course. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, I grew up with the Indy 500, and um, it took me a while, actually, I'll admit, Took me a while to kind of grow into Formula One, um, but uh, when we went to the Long Beach Grand Prix, my dad took me uh, took me there um, and uh, got to watch like the uh, uh, the road racing you know cars, IMSA and stuff like that. Fell in love with those. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely amazing because you talk about you know the, the technology and how beautiful the cars are and everything. Um, and so growing up on on the other side, I mean, we both raced go karts as kids. Um, I raced it on the go kart. Uh, on the asphalt track out at Triple T, mm-hmm. um, and then they moved over and built a Kaplan Memorial, which is where you kind of got in, and it was dirt. Um, and yet, you know, it's like different people have different passions, and there's all kinds of you know different racing that you can um, you can get into. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you real quickly um, about you know uh, some NASCAR, and specifically, um, there's this conversation now about them um, paying drivers. Um, you know, to to do public, you know, to be out in the public, you know, to promote NASCAR, promote racing. 
Um, and I loved your comment when we were talking about it. And you said, uh, what, did, what did you say? They're not already? Right. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, college football players not being paid. Right. Well, you know, on paper, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, we don't want to go go get into that whole thing because, you know, um, but, but specifically, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed when um, when it doesn't happen. I mean, because it takes so many people to get a car to the track. It takes, you know, I mean, it, it takes a car owner. It takes, you know, it takes all these engineers. It takes, you know, I mean, getting a pit crew. Um, but if you don't have all of that, then you don't have any sponsors, right? Mm-hmm. And so how many times have we talked about taking a car to a car show, right? You know, a sponsor, you know, sponsors you as a driver. Um, and then what is your responsibility, you know, back to them? And and especially these guys are like mega millionaires, you know, I mean, Chase Elliott alone, what, you know, with the, uh, I mean, he's got Napa on the car. He's, you know, uh, NASCAR's most popular driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, clearly they're they're not talking about him. You know, I mean, maybe they're they're trying to spread the wealth to people like Corey LaJoy, right? You know, mm-hmm. but, but Corey's out there probably more than some of these big guys. Well, and it's funny you bring up Corey LaJoy because Corey already is getting a check from NASCAR yeah. with his podcast that he does every week. So I'm thinking it's probably going to be more aligned with that ah. as far as endorsements, um, more more on the content side, right. especially since, and I'm not sure if you covered this last week or not, but Xfinity Series in 2025 is going to be covered by the CW, yes. but production side is going to be by NASCAR. Yeah. So the balance from the content side to the business side and everything in between, that's going to get a little bit tricky. Right. And I, I heard them talking about this on XM too. Where do you run that line between, you know, people that are on air, if they're getting paid by NASCAR, are they giving their honest opinion every time? That's so that that's a very interesting um ba- I mean, we're gonna have to keep a pulse on that it, moving forward because that that's gonna determine how everybody sees the sport moving forward. And it, it is important because you really I mean, you're nothing without who surrounds you. I, I know whenever, for example, when I go um, and, and do a meet and greet or something like right. I did at House of Cars, I, I'm there representing not just SCH Motorsports, but I'm there for Seductions, Yearwood, Clarks, Hal Burns, um, Global Motorsports Report, New Mexico Motorsports Report, of course, and everybody that is there supporting me mm-hmm. and my fans and right. the younger generation and on top of all of that, and this kind of ties back to what you started with, I'm there representing the series that I run with and the tracks I run at. Right. So it, it's a huge responsibility, and it's not to be taken lightly. Absolutely. So, I mean, in, in that regards, I mean, Noah Gregson, right? Um, you know, he, he likes a post. Um, I, I looked at the post, and I didn't, I didn't really understand it. And mm-hmm. there's different ways you can see it. So my question here is, he basically ends up resigning. I mean, we all know he had a you know, bad season and Legacy probably wasn't going to you know, continue his, um, his deal. But, but Noah Gregson was judged anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And so is it only fair now that if you're going to be judged, do you also get paid? I mean, because in a way, it's like, because you just totally mentioned the fact that maybe they won't be as honest because they're, they're paid by NASCAR. But, but they're sanctioned by NASCAR. So it, it I, I don't know. It's one of those things. I don't, I don't like to pay to play. I think they should do it because it's a privilege, mm-hmm. not a right, right, to be able to get that, that sponsorship and that awareness. But, um, but at the same time, this cancel culture thing, 
I mean, it's like he's a young man. He's got an opportunity. Yeah. So I see both sides, but it's interesting that now the money comes in. Yeah, and I I can't express enough my hate for cancel culture right now. And yes, did Noah Gregson screw up? Absolutely. Should he be punished in some sort of way? Absolutely. Should he be sat out? Absolutely. I mean, that it, at the end of the day, we have a very sensitive fan base right now. Right. Times have changed, and, and you just you got to watch every single move you do. What I don't appreciate is media members going in, digging up dirt from six months ago, and trying to ruin somebody's career over that. That really pisses me off as a driver, and as also a part-time media guy, I mean, I just, it it's frustrating because at, as they're saying they're doing their job, but as a driver, that, that's a low blow. Well, and, and, and you mentioned the media, and likewise, we, we walk that fence, right? You mm-hmm. know, we have sponsors of this show, and we got everything uh, that we got to decide, and, and we are definitely here to talk about getting away from politics and stuff. That's what sports is about. That's what motorsports are about. And so every once in a while, we've got to kind of bring this in. But a lot of great racing you can go check out locally and on TV. And thank you for uh, tuning into this show. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio, 1017, the team. Thank you for listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate, here on ESPN Radio, 1017, the team. Join us daily at nmmotorsportsreport.com and become part of the community. Tune in next week where your host, David Swope, will be talking about events. You're listening to ESPN Radio.